Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, enough about me. Back. Um, Got a few lined up for the rest of this week. Man, we are working on something big, 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 big. Working, 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 working behind the scenes. Slaving the way for you. Sue O'Connell. From New England Cable News, she corrected me. It's not necking, though I call it that. Well, join me in a little while. Talk about this. Uh, we'll talk about a lot of stuff. I went on her sh- her TV show right after, um, right after I left. I like her. I really like her. I can't help it. She's she's a liberal. She's crazy, but I like her. We like each other. Clearly, there's we have a good time. She's fun. We, we I, I I you know I disagree with her on everything, but she's a good sport and she can take shit and give it out. Like that's all all you need. Um, so I had a fun talk, fun talk with her that we'll have here in a few minutes. Uh, I brought her on, uh, sort of ostensibly, 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 uh, they talk about this Luke O'Neill globe thing because she wrote something about it over the weekend. Um, and I, and I, what I'm going to say to her is what I'll say to you now. <clears throat> so if you don't know, the backstory is Luke O'Neill, who is a crazy, you know, left wing guy. I remember when I, my whole thing came out about me going to McLean over the summer. He tweeted, somebody tweeted at me, he tweeted something like, you know, uh, I hope he doesn't kill himself. I, I'm paraphrasing, but, you know, he's still an awful person or something. Right? Simply, I don't know. So if you look at his Twitter history, his tweets are now protected. They've been gone protected, unprotected the last few days. He has a history of tweeting out just crazy shit. I mean, using the C word for women, the R word for those who are mentally challenged, um, talking about advocating for violence, punching young Republicans in the face. So the Globe knew all this and then hired him to write an online column only where he uh, suggested he thought about urinating, I think it was, in William Bennett's food, was it? Years and years ago? Or Bill Crystal's food? I forget. Years and years and years ago. Um, of course, the column is now down. Um, and people, you know, people were, were flipping out over it and, uh, and going crazy. Um, <clears throat> but my... So the, the one of the biggest regrets in life he wrote was serving Bill Crystal salmon, uh, and and not I, I I think it was originally not pissing in it. I have the I now have the unedited version of it. it was not uh, then it was not defiling his salmon is what they wrote at the end of it. The second the second uh, turnaround the first one was uh, was basically he wanted to piss in it. Uh, the second one was defiling the salmon, and then they then corrected it again. With a whole new headline. One of the biggest regrets in my life was serving Bill Crystal Salmon and not telling the neoconservative pundit and chief Iraq War cheerleader what I really thought about him. So this is now this is now the third version of it. It goes from pissing in, in his food to defiling and, to, and then telling you who he is and then uh, uh, what he really thought about him. The Globe then took down the column. Uh, took down the column. Took down the column uh, completely from the website. Um and this is completely 1,000% on them. This is a guy in the past, Luke O'Neill, who has tweeted, I mean, just, you know, again, I'll just give you a couple here if you want them. Uh, worst is from 2011. Worst songs of the year, all the hashtags, and then some other retards. 
he writes. Um, another one, always cool seeing young teens at business air class, business class AirPods because it's like a quick preview of the faces you want to punch in the future. Then punch a Republican in the fucking face, go to jail, it's worth it, he wrote in 2013. Uh, here's one from 2018, September 2018. Eat shit, John McCain, you dead old bitch. Uh, 2012, this is Luke O'Neill again. You have your average retard who still gets angry at hipsters who thought he or she used too many filters on her videos or something. Uh, I won't use the C word, he said in 2018, but I can say Ivanka Trump is an amoral grifter who runs uh, sweatshops. Uh, and then he says, I don't want to use that word as a man. And then you go back and he uses the C word time and time again. I mean, there's a history of him doing it. 2016, 2011, uh, 2016 again. And my issue is this, you know, I'm not, I, I'm not going to be in a position where I'm advocating for somebody to lose a job because of something he wrote or said. I'm certainly not going to do that. All I ever ask for, and I do this all the time, is consistency. So the editor, his boss, is Shirley Long, the one who wagged her finger and wrote the column saying that I should be fired and how I'm evil and anti-woman and sexist and homophobic and all all that shit. Um, she hired Luke O'Neill and put him in the paper. Now, play it out. Let's just say I tweeted out the C-word, called women the C-word or referenced the C-word all the time on Twitter. Do you think the Globe might have a problem with that? I think the next day they call for me to be fired. I'm going to guess the answer to that is yes. Just just a guess. Um, if I advocated for violence against young Democrats, he did against young Republicans, punch him in the face. If I said punch a liberal in the face, I think the Globe would have an issue with that. If I tweet that out, I'm going to go with probably yes. But surely, because she agrees with him at its core, um, hired him, knowing his past, I would guess. If she didn't, you're either shitty at your job or you're not. So, I mean, I don't know what her defense is. I mean, obviously, she's terrible at her job. She's a terrible writer. Um, and she's obviously a terrible editor. She has no guts, too, also. She didn't back this guy up. They knew his history. They knew the kind of writer he was. He delivered exactly in his mind, I'm sure, and we asked him to come on here a couple of times, and he declined. Um, he delivered a column that was in the spirit of his thoughts on social media and other columns he's written other forms in the past. Um, the Globe had no issue with it at first. They ran it. It was online. So I'm sure he thought, hey, you know, I, I did what they wanted me to do. Um, then, all of a sudden, led by some people, me among them, I think, calling out not Luke O'Neill, who's a casualty of war here, but the Globe and their editorial process, and Shirley in particular, um, she allows this to happen. And then what do they do? They change it three times, then they get rid of it, and they never notify him at all. Absolutely pathetic. Uh, it's a newspaper from top to bottom is run by people who, A, have never run a newspaper, never owned a newspaper, have it only because of reasons that they got there. Uh, and then they hire people who suck at their jobs. And so something like the Luke O'Neill disaster last week happens. I find it interesting. Obviously, I'm biased because I have no use for these people. But um, I like the way when they fuck up, they don't have to do anything. They don't have to duck and hide. There's no, they should have a day, I, I would call for a day of uh, where they should shut the paper down and have a day of training and learn about the dangers of, of, of the C word and the R word and bring people in from the from that community who, who suffer from these illnesses, Down syndrome, and, and talk to them and spend the whole day away from it and, and then get back in and see how they do. And if they, and if they fail those standards again, well, then they should probably move on and do something else because it's just, it's just not safe and it's not fair to the people out there to have something like that. 
Um, but then what happened? And Shirley, you know, went on GBH with Jim and Marjorie, the softest landing spot in the you know fucking you know tsunami of cotton balls she landed on, and 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 and, and you know as it was in the past, you know they 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 just let it go. You know Hillary Sargent, who obviously had her issues with McGrory, they fired her because of a T-shirt, and uh, when she was the editor of Boston.com, right? <clears throat> Shirley's the ep- editor of the Boston Globe, the editorial page. This happened under her watch. Nothing will happen. Nothing. She'll run the fucking paper someday. I guarantee you that. So it was interesting to watch them squirm as they screwed up that entire process. Uh, so Sue O'Connor, as I said, from Neck and wrote a column about it. Sort of. We get into that. Her career. We get into a, the, the sort of the, where, where she feels uh, gay America is today with Trump and Pence. But she's fun. I, I like her. I enjoy the conversation. You will, too. Um, we have some other stuff lined up here for the rest of the week um, as well. Uh, you know, is I try, I saw, I responded to a tweet today, yesterday, I should say. Um, yes, today is Wednesday, yesterday, yeah. Um, asking me if, you know, I'm going to do more stuff like the radio show was. And I get, I get some of that. People are, people are nice and say they enjoy the podcast and this and that. We'll have more podcast announcements down the line as well. Um, but yeah, I think as Moroso or whoever the producer is sort of figures out his way, He'll become, or the producer will become more of a character. People like Sue, people like Alyssa Klein went on a few weeks ago, people like Brian Riccio hates me. They're all going to become part of the world here, and we'll probably do more interactive stuff before we get to the actual podcast interview or mailbag or whatever it is. So I think you can get more of that going forward as we just try and figure it out. Um, but as I also tweeted out yesterday, I you know, the conversation I had with the gentleman from the, um, now I'm forgetting his name. I'll look it up right now. Let me see here. My baby takes the man and chain. Uh, Andrew Beckwith, the president of the Massachusetts Family Institute, uh, who I had on for, I don't know, whatever, 40 minutes uh, earlier in the week. <clears throat> you know, uh, it's a long-form thing, and it's a real disagreement, but I enjoy it, and there's nowhere else you're going to find it. Nowhere else. You can find this other stuff that, you know, the stuff I used to do that wasn't sports-related, you're not going to find anywhere else either, obviously, and we'll do more of that. But, you know, the idea to have this conversation while I just had with Sue, long form, would never exist anywhere else. So I'm en- I am uh, uh, enjoying that process. But, as I, as, and I, but I also appreciate that, you know, and I enjoyed doing the other stuff. So we're going to get more of that as well. We're just, you know, I know it doesn't seem like we just started this, but we just started this. Um, so, yeah. So there you go. Uh, Sue O'Connell from Neckin, or New England Cable News, as she says, the host of The Take, first take, The Take, I think, with Sue O'Connell, uh, joins me right now on Enough About Me. Okay, Sue O'Connell hosts, well, what's the name of the show, Sue? It's called The Take with Sue O'Connell. The Take with Sue O'Connell. In it, it's harder to get fired from it. Uh, but, but not really in my case, I guess, but that, I suppose that's true. Uh, I was, a, I was formerly, I think I'll be on the show again. I was on there, whatever, four or five months ago. Yes, we've got you scheduled to come on as soon as we, uh, we can clear any of President Trump's Michigas. That should be easy enough. Um, uh, first of all, before we get into all the other stuff, how does, 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 how, how does that, do you enjoy doing that show? Is that show successful? Oh Is it, uh, do people actually, I mean, I, until I was on, I had never heard of it. Yeah, I, you know, I took over the show before it was the take. It was Broadside, which was Jim Brown. Oh, Jim show, yeah. Yep, and so I took it over, and then we changed the name, and I'm coming on three years, and it's it's a blast. It's it's so much fun, and I get to talk about, you know, two or three topics a night, and then uh, meet all fun new people like you. So there you go. 
Yeah, we had a good experience. I thought I thought we had a good time, and then yeah. I saw you talk to Steve Buckley in that hideously shitty column he wrote about me in the Athletic. But I don't bl- I don't blame you for that. He asked to talk to you. Talk to him. Um, I said nice things about you. I said you were warm and personable. I think. Yeah, I don't know how warm and personable I was that night. I think we were okay, right? We, we, we were fine. Yeah. Um. So obviously, you know, you're a lunatic liberal, which is fine. I, as I said, I appreciate the fact that you're. I, I have no issue with it whatsoever. But what brought me uh, you to my attention uh, this weekend was the the column you wrote. So, so Bay Windows. Do you do you own Bay Windows? Yeah, I'm the co-owner, co-publisher. Okay, which and is editor of Bay Windows, as well as South End News, which is uh, the neighborhood paper in Boston. Okay, Bay Windows. Why is it called Bay Windows? That well, name throws me off. I, what, what? Yeah, it, it throws me off, too. I didn't name it. It's okay. been around since, like, 1984. It's the LGBTQ paper for the region. And um, the original editor uh, thought that, you know, because a lot of gay people were closeted. And, oh, I gotcha. Uh, you could look out and look in. A window was sort of a, a way to look back and forth between communities. So. Yeah. And Would you say if you were starting a newspaper today or an online thing today, uh, and I don't look. I obviously don't have a lot of experience in this, but it would seem to me that a lot less people are closeted than they were in, say, 1987 or oh, something. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Right. But you know, there's still issues within the community. And, sure. And you know, the Trump administration is rolling back uh, civil rights. But yeah, and it also was. You know, well, how was the Trump administration rolling back civil rights? Well, there immediately the transgender ban on uh, the ban on transgender service members, right. which is about to go into effect, is one. Um, the 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 judges that are being placed, you know, all of us pay attention to what Trump is tweeting and what's happening, but in the meantime, he is executing a flawless uh, conservative agenda in uh, getting judges on the federal judge, uh, on the federal court cases, uh, to make rulings that are going to have an impact on America for the next 30 years. Are you gay, Sue? I am. You're gay, okay. How, how long have you been out as a, as a, a lesbian for? I have been out since about 1985. Would you say that until Trump was elected, say, two years ago, that it was sort of the, you know, progress was being made, in, in my eyes anyway, again, you would know much better than me, at a pretty accelerated rate, not the rate that, that the, the community would want, I suppose, sure, but it sure. seemed like things were going. And by the way, I think, in a weird way, I think Trump being president, whether you think he's anti-gay or not or whatever, has almost made... The, the community sort of stronger, and I feel like it's gotten more support in, in a way. Yeah, I mean, I think that, that you're, you're right. There's the, the LGBTQ civil rights movement, I think, may be the only civil rights movement that was sort of powered by Fortune 500 companies. Right. In that, in the late 1980s and early 1990s, they started offering domestic partnership benefits, they started advertising to LGBT couples, and um, they're probably the first group that started to do things that the government didn't require them to do when it comes to civil rights, right? Right. So, um, you know, then we got state-by-state marriage. We got national marriage. There's still states where you can be fired if someone thinks that you're gay, so it's not like it's a slam dunk across the board. You know, and remember also Obama was not a supporter of same-sex marriage. He, he was, was not. Hillary Clinton. No. no not, not, he, not, not, until, not until the wind started blowing his way, I would say, that way. You know? I, I would agree, you know, and, and there was a lot of controversy around Hillary Clinton uh, being endorsed by the Human Rights Campaign, which is the nation's largest LGBT political organization. She was the least friendly to gay marriage of all the Democratic not, um, folks running for the nomination. 
But I think that after gay marriage with the with the Supreme Court ruling, there was a feeling like, okay, well, now we can just go live our lives and not have to worry about things. And now we're kind of back on alert. You know, so I, I'm pro-gay marriage. I voted for gay marriage in California. When I lived there, that was, would that have been 2004, 2005? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Um, I have uh, honestly no issue with it. Fantastic, great, knock yourselves out. What is, let's say I'm having a conversation. With, I, I'm, are you married or no? Oh, no. Single? <laughs> Say, oh, really? Single looking? Any yeah. ladies out there or no? Uh, you know, I think at some point when you get to a certain age and you're single, people start to really wonder why. And it's harder to get dates. So. Never married? <laughs> uh, no. I actually am not a, a big... I, uh, uh, I don't think marriage is for everyone. Mm-hmm. So, And I don't think marriage is for me. Well, how old are you? I am 57. 57. Uh, no long-term relationships lately? Nope. Hmm. Uh, you want me, something wrong with do, me. No, I'm, like, I'm willing to help you out. I have a I have a, a fairly uh, large lesbian uh, audience. If you, I mean, I'm, I'm happy to help you out if you like. Okay, okay. okay. No, not so much. <laughs> I'm all set. With okay, fine. <laughs> um, I don't even know where I was going. So the cue is for because I I screw this up all the time. The cue is for yeah. queer now. Or or questioning. Questioning. You know, it's, it's a big tent, Kurt. <laughs> well, but yeah, but isn't queer and questioning two totally different things? Yes, it is, but I don't. I don't know how many more letters we can actually. <laughs> it's getting. It's. I'm. I'm not being even. Like I'm honestly being like obviously a little tongue in cheek, but yeah. it gets very. It, we one of the days we had Alex Remar and we went through all of them. It gets very confusing. It does, and you know, I'm. I'm one of those people who I was. I get. I'm old enough that it used to be just gay, and then the lesbians had to fight to be included, so it became gay and lesbian, and then. Oh, so the lesbians were not even included initially. It was just the guys, no, just no, the fellas. No. Just the white so, gay guys. So the white the white gay guys were were sexist. All in the shot. Yep. Jesus, what a bunch of assholes. I tell you, everywhere we go, they are there. They are right. right. That's right. You can't you can't avoid everywhere them. Everywhere we go, you can't get away. But not, but not, I'm I'm cisgender straight, right? Straight. That's right. Okay, as far as you know. I mean, but I'm saying far. right. Yes, right. it gets okay. <laughs> what uh, what is intersex? So intersex is actually uh, folks who were born with uh, with characteristics of both genders, right? You mean so physical characteristics? Both. Physical characteristics. So it used to be co- used to be known as um, uh, hermaphrodite. Right, right, right. And right. and as we know more about science and pay more attention to medical science, we realize that there's really no firm fixed. For some people, there are. I mean, some people are firmly male and have all the male packages and female are female but there's a whole space in between where um it, it is happening in the olympic athlete world right now where some people have higher testosterone or higher estrogen and are not necessarily fitting into these male female boxes that society has made where medical science is saying no there's a whole area in the middle where uh you're not necessarily fitting into that category so uh, intersex folks in the past were gendered by doctors a doctor would make a decision they'd come out and say uh your your infant could go either way we're going to make a call and make it uh, a male or make it a female and not necessarily tell the child and they would grow up with all sorts of problems because of um you know the way their brain is works or the way their hormones work so uh intersex folks are are they they fall under the category because they they feel like they don't belong to uh, the the general society when it comes to gender and sexual expression. Here's what I, here's something I know that's been you alluded to it kind of and it's been in the news lately with the marathon mm-hmm. happening, um, <clears throat> obviously on Patriots Day. I get so 
you know, it's and this is where you sort of feel like people are going to pigeonhole you or define you as something. I think qualifying for the marathon time, I've run the marathon, Boston Marathon, four or five times. Qualifying for it is really difficult. So obviously yeah. there's a different standard for somebody born a man versus somebody born a woman. Just we all understand the physical differences, right? I mean, there's men are just the top men are faster than the top women. We understand well, all that. Yeah, interesting. But, in, the, in the marathon, in running, you know, that's one of the areas where scientists think that it soon gender will not be as much of a difference in terms of performance. I mean, well, the elite women beat the vast majority of Oh, they, no, that, that's definitely true. But I guess my point yeah. is like, you know, the top. If you and, if you and I were going to race. Right. Yes. Well, I mean, you'd be in the senior division, so you're 57 years old. I mean, I, I can't, I'm not going to have you run a marathon. That's dangerous at your age. But, but, uh, but, 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 I, but I think, but the idea that somebody born a man um, is going to run now as a woman using the woman's time feels it just that that one feels like I'm on board for almost everything else. But there are certain things where I feel like you have to say that no matter whether you're transgendered or not transgendered, like sometimes you just don't get everything. I, is that unreasonable? No, this is an issue that Martina Navratilova yes. uh, and, up, and Paul, And by the way, Paula, Paula Radcliffe, who uh, won the New York City Marathon a few times, and Boston. But yeah, Martina Navratilova, who I'm sure for, for somebody, given the time that you came out, I mean, this is a, this is a legitimate icon in the gay community. Oh, yeah. No, there's no doubt about it. And she took no a lot of shit for this, for, this, for this take. Go ahead. Yeah. I mean, the issue is that first of all, it's it's not happening, right? On on it, it, that that it's sort of a, if we're going to have the discussion about it, we need to understand we're talking about what we think is going to happen in the future, right? So it's not happening on an Olympic level, on an elite athlete level, and in order to uh, you know go through uh, gender affirmation surgery and all that goes along with it, it also changes your your hormones it changes your physique it changes your muscle muscle mass it changes everything we're not just saying that one day you wake up and say i'm going to race as a woman and not not go through any of these changes okay so that's this is sort of a future conversation there sure. are situations where it's happening on the high school level and some on the col- college level but then again we're not talking about uh, elite athletes here we're talking about just young people playing sports for enjoyment and uh and and health so it's a discussion I think that's worth having, but I think we just need to be careful that we're not just saying you're changing and checking a box. Right? Well, we saw, but I mean, we saw the high school sprinters in Connecticut set the state records. My so, and, and you know what? And honestly, you know, I, I just you know, it's I think it's uh, a tough argument. My bigger concern, I guess, is one of these days: is it going to happen in you know, is it going to be mixed martial arts or wrestling or but where the physical difference actually leads to mm-hmm. real violence? You know, soccer. I don't know. You know, I think these things right. these things can happen. Yeah, they absolutely can. I think they're worth worth discussion, discussing and trying not to look at them from a fear base. But if it's going to happen, uh, how do we feel about it? What are the rules we want to put in place about it? Is there a place where we can actually see um, everybody competing in the same in the same mix and, and being successful at it? I don't know. Uh, are you still racist? <laughs> I still am aware of... Uh, racist things that I do based on the institutional racism oh, in society. What, 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 an, what an answer. What a, what hey, a focaccia to answer that award. is. I just got a diversity award. So you did? That's like, that. That's you know, that's, you might as well just say you have a lot of black friends. I mean, that's, that is the, that's like no, saying that is the same I, I thing. One of, one of 40 white women who got an award from the Get Connected organization for my work on bringing diversity to my television shows. What the hell have so, you done to bring diversity together? You have I people mean, on this yeah, show of yours? 
I make sure I have a diverse group of voices on and cover issues every single week. Oh, geez. Well, could, what, what's the name of the award? The, uh, it was uh, White Woke Women. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Christ. Is that really the name of it, or are you just, are you, are you just bullshitting no, that's, me? that's really the name of it. You're funny. I can't, I can't help it. You're a total lunatic, but I can't help it. I like you. I can't help it. I like you, too. So let's talk about this. this what's that? Go ahead. No, go ahead. We could date. That could be an interesting. That could be a whole reality show. That would be a good show. That would be an interesting show. I'm saving your career right here. Yes, there you go. That would actually help a lot. <laughs> um, so this 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 column you wrote this yeah. weekend got my attention, the Bay Windows thing. And I saw you, I think you tweeted me, you tweeted a bunch of people. Um, so it seemed to me, and tell me if I'm wrong, so I'm, I'm mm-hmm. going to tape this after I do an open, which is where I talked about the whole Luke O'Neill thing, because I've been out of the mix lately, which um, was, I'll just give you my nickel thought on that, and then we could talk about everything else. Like, I feel like... This is 1,000% on the globe. They hired a guy who has a history of writing insane stuff, like whether you like him or not, whether you're on his side or not on his side, tweets crazy shit. If you had spent, the people in charge spent 90 seconds looking it up, like the people in my, you know, my my minions who did it, you'll find that stuff. Uh, then they, he, I, when they hire him and tell him they're going to write, I'm sure he presumed, hey, they want me to do what I do. He does what he usually does. They have no issue with it until the shit starts beginning, and then they totally, completely puss out. Like, am I? Am I? I mean, like, I don't agree with a lot of what O'Neill says, but he delivered what he was supposed to deliver. I think you are absolutely correct. All right, then, bye bye. Oh, good talking to you. See you next week. <laughs> but I mean, you know, like, like I, I don't, you know, I think it's such a, I, I think the Globe did him such a disservice, and now are putting his face in the mud. And then they bowed, which I hate. I mean, you know, look, I, I have to be consistent. Like, I'm doing a podcast now instead of a radio show and uh, on WEI because people bowed to pressure. The Globe did the exact same thing. Yeah. it's uh, So you're absolutely right. I mean, there's really no quibble about any of that. Um, it's it's I, I have seen, I think, over the past few years, and, I, and as a owner of a newspaper, I understand how hard it is to compete in the digital world with daily, you know, people want daily stuff now, uh, or hourly stuff, rather than waiting for the morning paper or the weekly paper to see what they want. And I think that the Globe's standards for editing things uh, that appear online and don't appear in print is not as high as the standards they have for what appears in print. And Luke's column was an online. Well, that's, no, that's no excuse, though. No, I mean, that, no, that's no, a representative no. of the. I mean, that represents the paper. Nope, not an excuse. Just I, that's that was my perception of what I, I've seen. Happen. And that's on. That is on. I mean, you know, obviously, I have no use for this person, but that is completely on uh, Shirley. I mean, that's took, the, right. Took, yeah, and she said so. She went on uh, Jim and Marjorie's show on GBH and said, you know, basically the buck stops here. Um, you know, she had not seen it before it appeared, which is not uncommon, unfortunately, across the world for an editor of a section to not necessarily see what goes in the section. Yeah, but but Sue, um, but they didn't know who he was. No, they have. He's written for them like right. three hundred times. That's what I'm saying. So, like, why the like why the surprise? Like, I don't know. Shouldn't they be? Shouldn't they be then saying? Well, here, so here's the thing. Like, yeah. you know, there's an, there is a blatant, and I tie it into me because it's you know it, ultimately it's the only thing I really care about other than my kids and Bruce Springsteen, my family. Is like ultimately, you know, the Globe's inconsistency on it's inconsistency on this. Even when you tie it to me, you have Shirley wagging her finger and uh in an op-ed saying I should be fired. She's glad I'm gone. Da 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 da. Uh, for you know hatred towards women. This guy used the most. Imagine if I tweeted out. Um, and, and pardon my French here, you know, I know you have virgin ears, Sue. Imagine if I tweet out the word cunt 
uh, multiple no, times. Think, yeah. What do you think Shirley would do then? No, I, I agree. She would do exactly. She would so, say that you shouldn't be on the air. So why why doesn't she why doesn't she write a column saying that Luke O'Neill should never write for the? And by the way, and I'm I'm saying I should you know she shouldn't have done that about me. She shouldn't do that about him. But where's the consistency? Where's the the one thing about the Globe is they lack this self awareness. I think where they where they can't say hey we you know Luke O'Neill uh, called you know if I called somebody a retard on the radio in 2019, which I would never do. Uh, my life would be over, and correctly so. Like, this guy tweeted this shit all the time, and I'm sure had no expectation of this happening. I, I, I just think, first I think first of all, when you have people who run the newspaper who have no idea how to run the newspaper, and then they hire people who have um, uh, an agenda, this is what happens. Well, look, Luke O'Neill should not be writing should not be writing for the Boston Globe. Well, for this Boston Globe. Globe. Right. No, I think he should be. I mean, you well, know, you wrote for the Phoenix or, right, in the old days, yeah, the Village Voice. Why we should have the Boston Phoenix, which we don't. He you know, could be writing for Dig. I mean, you know, it, it's it's really uh, it was a, a terrible mistake that they made that was self inflicted. Um, and I, you know, I salute Shirley for coming right out and saying it was. Oh mistake. please, Sue, Sue, cut the shit. She melted. She melted under pressure. The people on Twitter went insane, and she melted under it. She, she, she didn't have to say that it was. Why didn't she? Why didn't she tweet? Why didn't she tweet out that, that this happened? Why didn't she write, have somebody write a column about it? See, that's why I, I wrote the the, S, the the blog post instead of tweeting because I got to tell you I'm I'm kind of feeling done with the Twitter because it's I I wasn't even going to weigh in on this so much because I I was I've not been on Twitter a lot lately. I'm I saw this. You're you're, you're, you're taking a Twitter hiatus. Well, not necessarily. It's just this engaging back and forth on these points, and people expect that if you don't respond within, you know, five minutes of something happening, then you are complicit in agreeing with it, and it doesn't give you time to let find but, out yeah, facts. But yeah, but she's but she's but okay. But she could have done it a day later. They change. First of all, they first changed the column without acknowledging they changed it, which right, is that's wrong. Totally. I mean, to me, fire. To me, fireable. Fireable. I spelt your name wrong in my. I know you did. I, I don't understand that at all. I went in. I went in and fixed it after one of my colleagues. Pointed well, that's out. fine. I'm going to have in my in my uh, when I tweet out the uh, the podcast for this. I'm going to say <laughs> Sue Okamo, the heterosexual longtime uh, neckin. So I'll, I'll get back at you. Is that fair? <laughs> Okay, the fifty-eight-year-old heterosexual, all right, but but, but that's what I'm saying. But what but what what I don't get is like so they, they change it and they and you know what they're trying to do there. They're trying to duck and hide. So you you could say don't tweet anything out, don't tweet anything out. But my issue with them is they're responding to the heat from Twitter. So you can't then ignore Twitter when Twitter is causing you to do something. That's a good point. See, look at all this agreement. So your pro- see your issue is you you like you agree philosophically more with the Shirley's and the globe of the world than with me. So when they really fuck up, you really can't say it because you're probably friends with them. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. Um, and I, I just understand as an editor, I mean, I have made some really atrocious mistakes. I've been editing the paper for about 10 years. I've been at the paper since 1998. I've been in broadcast since 1984. I've done some really, really stupid things. Um, some of it of because I wasn't managed properly. Some of it because I wasn't paying attention managing people. So I I, I think I'm just more likely to un- and and just like I've said about you uh, and other broadcasters, when you speak extemporaneously for so much, eventually you're going to say something that you mean not to say or didn't say it the way you want to say it. So I'm actually generally forgiving about this, but I stand by that you know Luke that column should not have appeared in the Boston Globe as it was. It was a failed satire. 
Uh, I don't know that the Globe can accommodate satire like that. Well, he has said since of these. I mean, he is. I don't. I don't like a satire. Like, I think he wouldn't mind. The, he wouldn't have mind the pissing in that. Like, I don't think that's. I think he really has hate for that side. Which, again, I don't really, honestly, have that big of an issue with. But let's not pretend that uh, satire to me is 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 code for like you know it's liberal, so it's okay if he does it. But if Kirk Minahan does it or a right winger does it, yeah. it's it's anger. I, mean, I, I also compared him to Dan Savage, uh, who I don't know if you know. I know Dan Savage. Who, uh, you know, and Dan famously had the flu and lit the doorknobs of a uh, Republican, right. Right. Uh, you know, and that right. was outrageous and atrocious. And that was actually assault in my mind. So, um, I, again, I, I I only responded to it because a bunch of folks were adding me on Twitter saying, why haven't you said anything about this? Oh, my God. You know, and, and uh, I felt I had to reset the table as to why I even weighed in about uh, the issue with with you. Why did you say yeah? Why did you write the topics entwined with Kirk Minahan? Because there were so many people that were adding me who were including you. Saying, that's on my you know, that's on my fault. No, what I, do you but I wanted to make sure that the people who follow you on Twitter by following your you know have their own at at Kirk column made sure that I saw that I was responding. So in five years from now they don't say well you never responded about the Luke O'Neill business but you wait you the reason you, you wrote you weighed in on my issue is because it's the issue of public airwaves yeah that was the whole issue the whole issue was that you know but what, that, but, what did, but what did I do I'm confused like what did I do no, that... it's not what you did or didn't do it was more that the people who were fighting about and arguing about the issue of what the globe column it was about about the the guy that was uh, uh, complaining and organizing boycotts we're trying to make a comparison to uh, apples and oranges. Like, if you're in broadcast radio or broadcast television, you have FCC regulations. You have to keep a public file. No, but I, yeah, I understand. No, I understand. But I think, but I think what you're missing, and maybe purposely so, I don't know, is that the people who are doing that weren't so much they they're 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 stupid in their own way, but they're not that stupid. What they're saying is, you know, Shirley is wagging her finger here and then trying to brush this aside here. I think that was their bigger issue. Yeah, no, it was, but I just felt that I I had never weighed in and said Kirk should be punished or Kirk. Should Why did you think I should have been fired from Lefty? No. I I don't know. No. Okay. No, I did. You know, and I and so I mean, I just felt, uh, and that's the problem with Twitter is you get kind of swept up and and labeled. You know, I had this whole exchange with this guy who was a huge follower of yours, who then started saying terrible things about you on Twitter, and I blocked him. Said terrible things about me. Yeah. Who was it? I'm like I'm, I, I can't remember his name right now. Was Twitter handle. Oh, but it's just like one of these things. It's like, what universe is this? Yeah, well, I mean, I think, you know, I think the other thing we forget is that, you know, everybody in the business gets so caught up in Twitter, and I don't know, probably 85% of the people in America who are adults aren't even on it. You know, <laughs> know. It's, it's a bubble. It's a total bubble. But I think the, the bigger issue is, and I think, I'll, I guess we just agree on it, is, you know, I don't know what the globe, so, so I, I, don't, I don't understand the process of O'Neill writes that story. And you could say, which like he doesn't post it himself. I don't think we've reached out to him. No, he has, no, he, no, I don't think so. So, so somebody saw that. Whether you know, I, I think you print whatever you want. I don't care. But somebody saw that, saw that lead, and thought, well, and I'm assuming for a second that Shirley didn't see it, though I don't believe her. Let's say she didn't see it. Like the idea that somebody wouldn't say, maybe I should kick this this lead around and make sure everyone's okay with it. Like <laughs> what, that that does seem a little strange to me. I mean. You know, advocating for urinating in food and all this other stuff, knowing also that O'Neill is a lunatic, and I'm saying that somewhat with uh, affection, is is strange. Yeah, that never would have happened 10 years ago. And I, I again, I you know, as much as, I, I think it's as much about a staffing issue as much as a 
who's running the newspaper kind of issue. You know, um, there's nothing that gets in my paper that I don't see and someone else sees. Um, and I, I mean, granted, it's not the, it's a very <laughs> two small papers, but uh, you know, and every mistake that's ever been made in my paper has been my my fault. But I, uh, it, it's it's one at least that I hope has been a thoughtful mistake. Uh, what is the uh, what is the future of uh, of uh, of the TV show? What contract is good? And we're all set. We need, we do we need to get you a new deal or no? I don't know. We'll see. I think so. I you know I'm I'm happy to make this my final my final destination and you know continue working in NECN and NBC10 Boston. We're doing a monthly uh, politics show on Sunday mornings on NBC10 Boston. So look for that. We're excited about that. And what's what's the name of that show? Uh, it's called uh, Talk Politics. Oh, that's good. Boy, you put that one in the hopper, huh? Did you get the whole team for that? <laughs> There'll be no urinating in food of Republicans or anything no. before the, during no. the show? No, I hadn't thought about it yet, but I do offer them coffee. So. <laughs> yeah, I don't, know if I, would tr- I don't know if I'd trust you. All right, well, uh, Sue, you're a good sport. Uh, hopefully we can get you back on. I'm looking forward to coming on the show with, with you and debating whatever the hell it's we're going to debate about. And I was joking earlier, obviously, you're not a racist, although you did strangely admit to being one with me on television. I walked you right yeah. into the web, right into the web. Well, you no, I, I, was, I considered what to say, but, you know, I've just, I, I've, I, heard, I saw you ask other people and have them say, no, I'm not a racist, and that didn't... Yeah, but you, don't think you're, but you don't think you're a racist. You don't think you're a racist. No, I'll tell you what... Definition of racist to me, uh, whatever. But, like, you know, if, no, you, if, you, if you see a... If a black guy... Or a white guy, or a white woman, or a black woman, his car is pulled over. They need help, or they're bleeding. I'm going to help. Like, I, the, the, who would care? But I think that this is the interesting thing that the reaction to that really broke very generationally. You know, the people who were older were like, "Oh my God, you're not a racist. Racists are the people down south with tiki torches. Those are racist." And then some younger people were like, "You know, if maybe if we all considered whether or not we're racist more often." we wouldn't get to the point where we only have this one definition and that some of our actions and behaviors and biases we could we could look at seriously would you as as a as a lesbian uh uh lesbian's fine right yeah. or are you gay you're lesbian i don't i don't care okay well i don't know people don't get, believe me know, people, trust me when i tell you people will get upset no matter what i, I didn't say i mean to say like i don't care like you yeah. don't have to ask me interesting you don't, don't care, care you don't care about about gay rights interesting well i do more than you that's fine <laughs> i was at uh harvey milk was a friend of mine um <laughs> what uh what I was what the hell was I gonna say? Oh shit. I just as had a, a lesbian, you said. Big setup. As a lesbian. Oh, as a lesbian, thank you. let's just say you got your dream wish and Donald Trump was impeached, like tomorrow. As a lesbian, isn't that scarier with pence is, is the freaking president? No, listen, there's no you you don't see a lot of gay people calling for the That's true. That's Trump. true. I mean because Mike Pence is 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 the he's smart. <laughs> he knows what he's doing. He's he's not like completely random and spouting off. So yeah, no, Mike Pence is exceptionally difficult. Don't you think? Like I I, I, I don't know. I've had Trump on on the old show once. I, I, I met him. I know. interviewed him up in New Hampshire. I, I, I oh, you did. Ended up in a, I ended up in a robocall for Ted Cruz. Right. Uh, my interview because I asked Trump if we could expect forward motion on LGBT rights, and he said yes, of course you can. I don't. Yeah, I don't. I, and I think now that he's Republican, I think he feels like he has to do this. But I don't think Donald Trump individually, like by himself in his house, gives a shit one way or another about. Like I don't think it really bothers him. Like as as, as, well, as opposed mentor, as opposed to Pence. Uh, maybe I'm wrong. His mentor was uh, Cohn. Uh, Roy remember? Roy Cohn. Yep. Roy Cohn, who was gay. Um, and um, the thing you have to remember mostly too is that he's. He talks to whomever he talked to last, and that's the idea that he gets. So, 
uh, he just says whatever the last person says to Trump, and then he goes out and says it. And that's the kind of president we have right now. Do you think— to send, you know, planes filled with water to— Dump on no <laughs> I mean, might as well just send Dumbo with a trunk full of water to fly over it's, Paris. It's a strange, strange, strange to tweet that. I'll concede that. Um, <clears throat> do I have theories myself? So, um, you know, Kirby Dick, the filmmaker. Yeah. So he did that movie. Um, it was a documentary HBO ran like ten years ago, maybe Outrage, mm-hmm. where it was all about these insanely right, like Larry Craig types, right? Like these really right wing people in the Reagan eighties and all the way now who pushed these, like, ruthless anti-gay agendas while leading secret double gay lives, right? Yep. Like, when I see somebody like Mike Pence, and I don't know the man at all, when I see somebody that that virulently anti-gay, it's always, to me, confusing why somebody would care that much about it. Well, it's like when Rick Santorum uh, was senator, and he was asked, I think, by an associate... Compared to animals, right? About, yeah, and he started talking about bestiality. I mean, it's yeah, I don't... I don't I don't understand. I don't like you know. I don't know anybody who's like that. That like that anti like or, or like pro straight. Like I don't under. I don't understand. Like I've never. So if some guy wants to, you know, put his penis somewhere and they are both adults and they're consenting, like uh, gives a shit. I don't know. Yeah, anti-gay people spend a lot of time thinking about gay sex more than actually gay people do. That's true. Like I don't. I don't really like they, the Republicans want like limited government, limited government, unless like you know they're in your friggin' bedroom. Then all of a sudden they. Right. I, I've never. So I'm I am like fiscally conservative, but socially liberal. It's why I'm a libertarian. Like I could never get next to this weird obsession with like a guy in the sky and like you know gay sex. It's it's <laughs> fucked up. I don't. Am I wrong? I'm not. I'm so. It's it's it. There has been psychological studies that show that people who are like virulently anti-gay and and are gay bashers actually are hating a part of themselves that they think is right gay. And that homosexuality is so repugnant to them because of, I would say, society that they they take it out that way. So, so when did you when did you choose to be gay? What day was it? Was it a Thursday? It was uh, actually it was February second. <laughs> yeah, um, nineteen. <laughs> you just said screw it. I, I you know what? It'd just be easier. You know, it'd be easier in my life if I was a lesbian. I'll just go that way. Fuck it. Why not? I right? I thought you know Friday, Friday and Saturday nights could just become could double. <laughs> it's so crazy. It's so, just, I don't know. I don't know. Well, all right. The show is called the Take, right? First take. That's right. With Sue O'Connell. So With Sue O'Connell. It's on. O'Connell. At what time on Neckin? It's on 7 o'clock on NECN. Okay. It's on Neckin? NECN. Why is it? What's who, Why would it matter? What is, it, what is that about? <laughs> well, I don't know. It's a, I, it's, it's a funny thing. We've never been called Neckin, but everyone calls us Neckin. Oh. And if it snows at all, you guys get preempted for storm coverage, right? Because they exactly. get very worked up yep. about that. Okay. Sue, thanks for coming on. I'm sure I'll be on uh, soon, and I'll talk to you down the line. You got it, my friend. All right, Sue. Thanks so much. Bye. Thanks. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.